What's nose? Nose dropping. G'day, Michelle. Good day, Jordy. <laughs> How are you going? Hang on, what's that song? How are you going? You love that. You've sung that more than once on this Slim podcast. Slim Dusty. Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up with that? No. M- Mandy used to sing it a lot. Don't know why. <laughs> Shout out to Mandy. Shout out. We've got some shout outs to do this week, haven't we? We've got shout outs. Yeah. I've got a couple. I do. Should we just hit hit with the shout outs straight away? Get in there. Straight up. Um, Okay. First shout out goes to a lovely lady whose name I absolutely have no idea about. Why? But she goes by the name Peace on Earth. Oh, I like that. And for anyone who doesn't know, we have a YouTube channel. That's right. Eve's Dropping. Eve's Dropping Podcast. Might no G. And yep. No G. And uh, she left a lovely message on the Liz Dawson Psychic Detectives episode where she says, and this is a quote, mm-hmm. I don't even know how I found this podcast. It has two things I am obsessed with, crime, mystery, and psychics. That's three things. But... <laughs> I like her already. Me too. And she says, this podcast led me to have a reading with psychic Dennis McKenzie. No way. these crime stories. I know. Should we get a kickback from Dennis? Dennis, <laughs> if you're listening, of course he's not. Maybe he's listening through the ether. That's amazing. I wonder if she said, oh, I heard, <laughs> I heard these two birds yakking on a podcast called Eavesdropping. Could hardly understand what they were saying, but I heard about you. Oh, my goodness, because he's the guy who helped to solve the Sower murders. I know. Incredible. I wonder what her, her reading was like. Well, look, I left a message for her saying, listen, if you fancy sharing you know, your experience with us, please get in touch. Haven't heard from her yet. She might not have got the reply message, but mm-hmm. honestly, peace on earth, if you're listening, get in touch. Our listeners... And us are dead keen to know. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. What Dennis said, because honestly, I'm quite keen to book a reading myself with yes, Dennis. Yes, I'd like to have a reading. Absolutely love to do that. I don't have any murders to solve. No. But I would love for him to just tell me what the hell is going to happen in my life. Well, or just the direction that you should be going in, perhaps. Yeah. Like directional stuff. I've got I've got my adaptogenic coffee today in my new mug, and I've just posted a picture of me holding my new mug. How cute is that, Michelle? It's a little pink cup with a mushroom on it because it's from Shez and Zane, who are the guys who own and run London New Tropics, and you'll know them because I talk about them a lot because I only <laughs> drink their coffee. It's mushrooms and it's ashwagandha and CBD and all that stuff. All the good stuff. To keep my mood steady and to keep me so buoyant and so positive. So bright. Yeah. So bright and fuzzy. And they sent me a little you. cup because I've now subscribed. They've got subscriber facilities on their website they liked a crime episode they liked the real life murders they listened to while they were I like to think of them sitting next to their little pot of mushroom ground up mushroom coffee and popping them into each bag individually but they don't actually they've got a machine that does that now oh okay well do you know what we'll have to do more murders yeah especially and you know what I do have a few new psychic detective cases (gasps) so peace on earth keep listening keep eavesdropping yeah because it's coming Shout out, shout out, you're getting a shout out. Now, the other shout out I wanted to 
say is to our listener, Wiz, who sent me a lovely message saying she's absolutely hooked. I love it. It's dropping. And she listens to us while she's cleaning. Pushing a hoover. Got to hand down the dunny. I listen to most of my podcasts while cleaning, painting, doing the jobs that you hate. Just makes the time fly by. I almost can't cook dinner or wash up without having my headphones on and listening to a podcast. It's not very social, is it? I don't care. Who are you socialising with when you've got your hands in the sink, Michelle? Honestly. (laughs) Or down the toilet. You ain't socialising with no one. Oh, so anyway, shout out to Wiz. So the reason why we're asking people to... Get in touch and tell us what your favourite episodes are. And I'm asking all the eavesdroppers out there, if you love us, get in touch because we want to know what you like. What are your favourite kinds of episodes that we do? Because we've kind of run the gamut a little bit, haven't we, Michelle? We've kind of gone from... Gamut. It's a word. Is it gamut? I thought it was gamut. Oh, maybe it's gamut. Run the gamut. (laughs) Gamut. Run the gauntlet. Is it gauntlet? Al Turgut needs to get in touch. Please tell me, how gamut. do I pronounce gamut? gamut. I, gamut. I don't think I said gamut. <laughs> <laughs> How's your gamut? Show us your gamut. Don't say anyway. mut. <laughs> anyway, um, we do go, we veered from, well, we started all the way back in November with Alistair Crowley, the Beast of Hastings, oh, we and we've did. done witches, we've done poltergeists, we've done real life, real life murders, people that we've known that have been murders. We've done missing people, we've done psychics, we've done... Music. Room cleaning. We've done music. We've done cleaning. We've done all sorts, haven't we? We've covered all yeah. subjects. But we'd like to know what ones do you like to listen to, please, Mr. Eavesdropper and Mrs. Eavesdropper. Yes, because honestly, as you can guess, our themes very wildly. Lucy Goosey. <laughs> Lisa's a goose. So, yes, uh, get in touch. Please do. And that is at hello at eavesdroppingpodcast.com. No G. (laughs) That's that. That's what I was going to say. People can't really... What we have to say today is that we didn't really have a great story to tell, so we just decided to comb the newspapers and go back over texts and emails we've gotten from our wonderful team of researchers. Okay. Tamira was my main source this week of great stories and then just things that we found in the newspapers, in the news. The thing is, Michelle, hopefully you've done some research and some, because we did say that we were going to talk about things that we've seen in the newspaper or just around and about that interested us. So Tamira had sent me a couple of stories. I've got one story about something fun. I've got one story about something mysterious. And I've got one story that I think might be made up but we'll see we'll see what about you well I've got quite a few because I love combing the head headlines for the weird and the wonderful you love combing the headlines oh I love combing a headlines do you know what though you've got them no that's Crabs. you you've got ki- oh, not hell. anymore don't tell everyone <laughs> no I no I love grooming do you know what I am a groomer I love I love to pick a spot yeah. on myself or on others. Oof. I do. I love it. If you've got, I mean, when I had cats, I used to love combing for fleas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love it. I, I think I'm part monkey. I think we all are, aren't we? Aren't we all? No, but I did some, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've done, I've got a few stories. Okay. I, I've got a small one. This was from yesterday, I think. I don't know. Maybe you saw this. Tell me. They're all from the last few weeks, really. First of all, I don't know why. But there was this article in the paper about a woman who went for her COVID PCR test, had the little thingy shoved up her nose. You know the thing I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, swizzle like, stick. The swizzle stick. It's like a mascara brush, but they shove it up your nose. Swish it around. What do they call the mascara stick? It's called something like a, a, a wand. swizzle. It's a what? A swizzle wand. Let's call wand. it a wand. I, I don't know. Anyway, she had that shoved up her nose. Yeah. And afterwards, she couldn't breathe. She was, oh. she was in such pain to the point where she had to go to A&E. They did some x-rays on her and discovered there was a tiddlywink stuck up her <gasps> nose from when she was five oh. years old. She'd inhaled it. She'd been living for 37 years with a breathing problem. Oh been to countless God. doctors. No one had discovered it. Anyway, so she's had it extracted. That thoroughly distresses me. Well, do you know what? This reminds me of the time I went to poo camp. Do you remember this story? I was going to bring it up if you, up if you didn't, Michelle, because I love this story. <laughs> I have so many poo camp stories, but anyway. Do you want to just explain to people who are list who are eavesdropping right now what is poo camp? Okay, it's not the official name, but basically, <laughs> I haven't done it for a while because obviously we I have not been able to travel. But very regularly in my past, I have gone to Thailand to a spa resort where yes. you fast for seven days, and when I mean fast, you literally don't eat a single thing; you just ingest. These They call them shakes, but it's psyllium husks and mud. Jesus. And then you uh, do self-administered colonics. So basically you shove a tube up your ass and you, and you flush out all your insides. Is that just with water, like filtered water or something rather coffee. than coffee? It's with coffee. Oh, it's coffee. It's Every a coffee time. one. It's a coffee kalima, they call Ooh. it. And so anyway, I, I love it. My body loves not eating. It loves all of these like coffee up the ass things. Anyway, so there were there was this woman who had something horrible come out and I too have had something horrible come out. I did. <laughs> it was terrifying. You sent me a picture of that. Okay, so I remember this because the picture I sent you <laughs> was after a particularly gruesome Kalima <laughs> bowl full literally of shit like just from inside and and why did you need to share that picture with me on that particular occasion because, Michelle? because they encourage you to to look in the bowl and see what, what and share it with your friends no not share it with your friends but I always get a stick and I poke around in it because you never you know you want to see what's coming out yeah and I looked in the bowl and I thought what the hell is that worm doing in the bowl? <laughs> Crawling up out of my poo, up the toilet bowl. And then it took a moment. It was red, wasn't it? It was. And it was fucking long. And I clocked, oh, God. that's come out of my body. And Jesus. I was in, I actually, I was in such shock. I couldn't believe it that I took a photo and sent it to you. <laughs> As you do. But you know what? On At Poo Camp, so many people reported weird and wonderful things coming out in their poo. Like I said, they encourage you to kind of get a stick, poke around in it. Yep. One woman had this weird ball come out. And she was like, what the hell is that? And she got it and it was rock solid. You're holding out your hands to like a cricket ball shape. Now, I would <laughs> one, no, I wonder, she must have felt that coming out. Do you know what? It wasn't a cricket ball. It was more like, you know, the large marbles. You know, what do you call the okay. big ones? The big marbles. Thunderbusters or something. Or I don't something know. like that. Anyway, Tomcats. I don't know. One of those size. And she was poking around going, what the hell is that? Anyway, it was 
full of all these lovely swirly colours. And when she broke it down, she realised it was an amal- amalgamation of all the crayons she'd eaten as a child. All like, pl- like clumped together. And then <laughs> another one was a guy found an army soldier, like, you know, the little army, yeah. like plastic army pieces yeah. that he'd he'd eaten when he was like six years old so you know these work they really work it really needs a good sloughing out doesn't it the old colon and if you eat meat apparently you've got like meat inside you decaying mm. from like 10 years ago and I so when you do these kalimas no. in the fasting it all comes out i want to hear that i know so that i was quite struck by this tiddlywink stuck up the nose business wow Eavesdropping. Uh, eavesdrop, 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 wow, wow, wow. Just eavesdrop, 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 wow, wow, eavesdrop, 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 wow, wow, eavesdrop, eavesdrop, I need to feel good. Okay, after that distressing poo encounter. Well, I should have had a trigger warning before that. (laughs) I think maybe we should put a trigger warning in. So Tamira sent me a story from Apple News a couple of months ago, or maybe it was May, when the sun started to get warm. This is actually, it's in this country, the UK, and that's, that's England. There's an acrylic pool built that's been suspended between two southwest london tower blocks and it's open to only some of the residents of of this of these tower blocks and it's see-through it's the the world's largest acrylic pool between it's it's sitting at the top of these two tower blocks connected from one end and to the other i'm already feeling sick it's nuts michelle it is 35 meters above ground that's 115 feet high and 14 meters across which is 46 feet can you imagine lounging in that looking down my stomach would be in my mouth i can imagine because when i was in japan we went to the top of some super high you know sky sky rise building high rise and they had a viewing deck with a with a glass floor and oh, you no. are looking down no. and I felt fucking terrified. I, I felt so like physically sick. Yeah. And mentally I know that, do you know what? Pop a piece of carpet on it. I'm fine. I'll go. Yeah. I'll walk. It's <laughs> absolutely fine. But to see it, I, my brain could not handle it. So I could not swim, do my breaststroke. No. couple of laps and looking down. Goggles on. I would just be uh, no, no way. Like, like throw up, not good for me. I don't think I'm bad. I don't think I've got a problem with heights, but. I never used to, but I do now. Maybe I didn't used to and now I do. But some years ago, like about 15 years ago, Paddy and I went to, what's that Italian island? Not Sicily, Sardinia. Mm-hmm. And there's these grottos in a, in caves underwater. Mm-hmm. And you walk down off these cliffs, seaside, obviously it's in the, the cliffs overlooking okay. the sea and you walk down like a hundred million steps you get mm. to the bottom and you and it's all stalactites and stalagmites it's like fairy grottos and you walk and the the water's just outside it's amazing a yeah. real must see if you ever get to go to sardinia but on the way back up a couple of times we stopped quite high up because it's almost vertical you're walking up these stairs i'd look over at the ocean below and i just thought 
my stomach just would lurch. It makes me very upset to look over the edge. I think this happens as you get older because I've never been scared of heights. And I would say in the last six to seven years, I've become scared of heights most acutely when Andreas said one day, hey, let's go for a hike. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And we went and hired some shoes. And I'm like, what do we need these for? And he said, well... Uh, we're going to get tied on ropes and we're climbing up, like walking up the glacier up (laughs) to Brighthorn. He didn't think to warn you about that. I think he knew I probably wouldn't have gone. And maybe he did, but I didn't quite get it. And so it was us and me and him and and another guy, because when you're like on the glacier, it's supposed to have three. And we had ropes between us and we were just hiking up. It's over 4,000 metres. And with, I mean... Andrea said, it's nothing. It's like a highway. Everyone walks it. I'm sorry, but like I was <laughs> I was fucking terrified. And when we got to the very top, I was like. <laughs> Were you like, making it a was fuss? too much. I couldn't really moan because someone else was there. But if it had been Andreas <laughs> and I, I would have been moaning quite a lot. But it was, I mean, it, it really does give you a sense of achievement when you're up the top. But. I don't want to look down. It's, no. it's too much. And, you know, so many people in town here, they're like, oh, oh, you know, my, my dream is to, you know, climb the Matterhorn. I'm like, do it. Uh, I have zero such ambition. And yeah. I, I'm happy to look at it. I don't need to climb that Nice stuff. to look at from down here. Exactly. Do not But need how to did do you that. feel when you recently went kite surfing? You get pulled up into the air, <laughs> your little legs dangling, your bikini... Pants pulled to one side. <laughs> that boots out. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm. I will give anything a try. I will always give everything a go, at least once. Except for what did they say? Except for um, incest and clog dancing or something. Oh God, <laughs> kite surfing. It's it's hard on your body, and when you learn, your first lesson is on sand. So you've got this kite. You're you're a newbie, so you don't know how to control it. And you're being pulled across the sand. And I, I almost had tears in my eyes. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and and Jay said, well, you know, we've paid for the lesson. We should at least try and do this in the water. Oh, God. It's less scary in the water because you're just being dragged through. But I'm sure it's fun. I actually never even managed to get up. Oh, didn't you? No, not on the board. I was just being dragged by the kite. I was finding it really hard to control the so kite. So were you up in the air? Yes, I was. Oh, up okay. In the At air. least you got up in the I air. Got, well, what do you mean up in the air? Well, could, don't you have to fly behind? No, you're not in the kite. The kite's above you. You're in a harness in the water, and the kite. Oh, so it's pulling is you along. You. It's pulling you along. So oh, I, I thought you were going to be flying dragged. up the back. Oh God, no, no! Oh my God, do you that know what? would be terrifying. Oh, that's what I imagined you were doing. But do you know what I saw? on the River Thames the other day down at Hampton Court because I went swimming down there recently. It's beautiful. I couldn't believe my eyes. I looked out across and there was these four or five of them coming like the silver surfer from a futuristic. Suddenly I thought I'd blinked and I was in the future. There were these guys and girls on hovering above the water. Yes, yes, yes. And then when you look closer, it's like a small stick beneath them. It's a fin. What is that? It's a very thin fin. It's not wakeboarding. What is it? I know what it is uh, because we saw that in when I was on holiday recently. We saw that too. They love it. Up and down the Thames. Oh, God, it takes so much skill. My God. Yeah. They look like a gang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what? I Like I said, I try anything once, but... Except for clog dancing, etc. Yeah. Awkward. Ox. 
So look, I read this. It's it's a story from a few weeks ago at the end of May. And it's about Westall. Now, I don't know if people remember this from a previous episode. But yeah, if it rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. And look, it just hit the headlines, like I said, a few weeks ago. And just to refresh, uh, the Westall incident happened in Australia on April 6, 1966. And it's considered to be Australia's greatest kind of unresolved UFI sighting because 200 kids... UFO or UFI? Did I say UFI? I think Uf- you did. UFO. 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 UFO sighting. Um, it's the one where the kids, the teachers, um, yes. people in the area saw a flying saucer hovering above yeah. Westall School. And at the time, do you remember, the government tried to say it was a weather balloon. That's right. But there were also claims that there was like... Could have been linked to Marilinga, military cover-up, all that kind of stuff. And Marilinga, for those who don't know, is the test site for the atom bombs from, I think it was the Americans testing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And that's also why the American military were involved in this Westall incident. So anyway, a few weeks ago, retired Westall teacher Andrew Greenwood, and I I found out, because I didn't know last time, God, it was from season two, episode four. It was an extra droppings if you want to go back. And, and oh, wow. Well anything. done, Michelle. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't know this at the time, but he's he taught science to year nine students. And he's stirring up publicity, claiming that the military arrived at the school soon after. And then two weeks later, government officials from Australia threatened him at his home. And he was oh. also interviewed by American government officials about the <gasps> incident. And he says that the government, both governments have tried to silence him about the fact that he saw this this hovering air, well, like unidentified flying object. Oh, my and God. And he says that he saw um, a circular area of trampled grass and that within 40 minutes of the sighting, the whole area was swarming with Air Force and Army personnel who formed a security barrier around the area and wouldn't let anyone in or out. Oh and like I said, he, he said two weeks after the incident, um, military came to his house asking him what he saw and saying to keep quiet and that if he didn't, they would discredit him saying that he was drunk on the job at the school and mm. that he would lose his job. And he says, you know, 55 years later... It doesn't matter anymore. He Well, he says, nothing has come out about it. What are they covering up? And, you know, he's he's trying to stir up interest. So this, I thought, gosh, you know, we're always quite on the pulse with these things, Geordie. Because, again, this, this morning in the paper was the British forced adoption story. Oh, it was it? Stirring it up again. Yes. Ah. And we were ahead of this with our we Australian. Were. Yes. We were. Absolutely. And then again in the paper this morning was a story about false memories. Okay, we've done that. I know. And anything that you remember from uh before the age of 2 is a false memory. You're most likely remembering a photograph or something that you've seen, but it's not an actual memory. So, honestly, we are 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I would just recommend to most people listening, well, you know what? You've come to the right place for your source. Your source of news should always come from us ladies at eavesdropping because we we've got the fingers on the pulse. Yeah. So that was my Westall story from the news. Okay, that Westall, that's really interesting. And I think yeah. maybe in the future we're going to do some more UFO stories. Absolutely. And while we were talking about that also, Michelle, we are going to talk about atom bomb testing at some point in the future we as well. We will too, Absolutely. Yes. But I actually do on the idea of, well, on the theme of UFOs, this is a bit dodgy actually, because there was a story uh, a couple of weeks ago about a guy in Australia who was flying a drone and he reckoned his drone caught sight of a UFO. Now I actually, he's posted this footage on YouTube. I think it's dodgy, but I will put the link in the show notes so people can go and make their own decision. Uh, he okay. was on the, He's from the Gold Coast. He was flying his drone over some bushland and he saw something like, like, well, actually his drone got knocked out of the sky by, he has no idea what. And when he reviewed the footage, he saw a weird black spot in the distance, which he says is a watering hole with no algae. And he kind of says, oh, it's because it was disturbed by the UFO. Something had obviously landed. Yeah, I know. And then he shows two stills from the footage of this brown kind of blob hovering in the distance, which, to be fair, I don't know what it is. I don't know what this brown blob. A flying koala? Someone thought it was a hawk, but it doesn't look like a bird. It really, it's it's very cylindrical. It's It's spherical, actually. Right. And um, I don't know what it is, but, you know, he's not done himself any favours by putting this kind of dramatic music behind it and whatever. So it's hard to take seriously. Yeah, but, you know, it's getting some traction in the news. And because uh, he's saying it's a UFO, it's car-sized, car massive, and here's the footage from my drone. So do you know wow. what, people? I'm just going to put the link. You can decide. If you want, get in touch. Let us know what you think. When you were talking about the Westall incident, incident mm. it reminded me, um, my daughter, who's 10 and probably too young, and I have just been watching Stranger Things. Now, I have to sit and watch it with her. I thought you'd already watched it. I did watch the first mm. series, but I had to stop after a, about three episodes because it was just so damn scary. Oh, it is. But then it gets silly at the end. It gets silly. Petty and I end. both couldn't handle it. So... So I watched it, rewatched it with my daughter. So we're sitting mm-hmm. on the sofa watching it every night. And it reminded me in the first series, there's the great character Hopper, which is, or Copper, Hopper, Hopper the Copper, Hop. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> He's the, uh, the local sheriff of the town. And he has stumbled across all these experiments that are going on with the military. And they, th- they say they're Russians, but I really don't know what they are. And they've opened up a dimension or whatever. And they try to discredit him too. Like he wakes up. And he's got all, he's had like, he's had a pin prick in his neck because he got drugged. Oh, God, and his yes. his apartment looked like he's he's been on a four-day bender or something. Well, do you know what? I I do remember the first few episodes of Stranger Things being very scary. But after that, a bit silly at the end. Yeah. Well, don't tell me because we're still watching it. Yeah, it's, it's very E.T. And the soundtrack is so good. All yeah, these old songs. Is. Just another day. Who's that? Is that Oingo Boingo? Do you remember Oingo Boingo? Yeah, I do. I can't name a single tune and I don't know what you just sang. I don't know that one. Anyway, 
Right, let me tell you my mysterious story that was sent to us by Tamira, and I think this is from The Guardian. Oh, okay. It was about a month ago. Mm. Residents awoke in the middle of the night on a Saturday night in Sydney's southwest uh, suburbs from Roselands to Marrickville and everything in between. Oh, that's where my sister lives. They heard a huge bang. Did she say anything about it? No, Steph, if you're listening. Yeah, let me let me know if you heard something, Steph. Everybody heard it. All the Twitters, all the Facebook groups were going mental. Everybody wanted to know what it was. And of course, the next morning they were waiting for news of, of it, but no one had any news. New South Wales Fire and Rescue and the police responded to all the calls, but they said they found nothing, not even a fire, to indicate an explosion had taken place. Okay. So mystery surrounds this, this incident with reports that the sound was heard all across Marrickville, Roselands, Bardwell Park, Campsie and Belmore. Okay. Residents reported windows shaking and that the sound was something like an explosion or a backfiring car, but there was no visual indicators. Okay. This is back in May. Because also that is that area is often under the flight path. So these people are used to hearing loud noises yeah. and they know it's not a plane, that's for sure. Yeah. So This person on Twitter, I don't know what their name is, looks L-E-U-X-S-D-9-R-F-T. Is that their name? No, that's just the, the link. <laughs> anyway, that's a link. Okay. Let's forget about that. Anyway, I don't know what this person's name is. Apologies, but it's on the Guardian story. He says, or they say, I actually caught it on a VM. What's a VM? VM? Video monitor? It shook my house or voice memo? Who knows? It shook, it shook my house here in Belmore. Three exclamation marks. We went outside and saw smoke. Huge smoke clouds, exclamation mark. Just the one this time. The weird thing is there is nothing anywhere in the news or social media, yet people across a huge area heard it. Four question marks. That's how astounded that person is. Oh, that's from Selena. (laughs) Selena with two A's. Okay. So Sydney Airport confirmed there was no incident on that Saturday. So that eliminated the chance that it was a backfiring jet plane or an incident on the runway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also because they're in the middle of the panny d and they're not letting anyone in or out so they can't oh except for the huge planes full of hollywood stars coming to film all the latest marvel blockbusters anyway brad i'm gonna call him brad cucker it's (laughs) c-u-c-k-e-r cucker rhymes with fucker astro it could be cooker Cooker. but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say cucker cucker brad cucker astrophysicist at the at the Australian National University ANU said there was nothing from space that it could explain the noise he explained that any kind of celestial incident would have been heard far beyond southwest sydney and would have been seen he said if you're going to get something like a meteor falling from the sky you're going to usually see a very bright blue or green flash and when they're big enough to cause a sonic boom or to be heard they're big enough to burn pretty bright in the sky right. it just seems weird that no one saw anything And that is the end of that. I was going to say, what's the upshot of this story? I don't know. That's it. It's a mystery. Have there been any follow-ups? I didn't check. (laughs) Perhaps you could ask your sister who lives in the vicinity. I will because there are unidentified noises. Look, it might be a cover-up for something completely different. Maybe there was some kind of weird gas leak explosion and they don't want people getting freaked out or panicked. But people would have seen it. No, but they you could hear maybe not a not an explosion as in like with fire, but maybe like right. some kind of I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, what do you think it could be? Oh, 
Do you remember that awful thing that happened? Where was it? In Turkey or somewhere? What was that about? I don't know what you're talking about. It was terrible. A big explosion in Lebanon. Oh, God. Well, I mean, they have been bombed. It could be anything, Geordie. Beirut. Beirut? It was Beirut, I think. What happened was they, they were storing chemicals and byproducts of things in huge boats offshore, or not boats, in huge containers offshore. Oh, shipping And containers. apparently mm. in Australia, they also have uh, a lot of that stuff being stored and people are now very worried. There were grain silos, port of Beirut, and a, a warehouse just went up and it killed 200 people and injured about 5,000 and people had lots of videos on, on social media. So there was a warehouse near next to the port's grain silos. It caught a light and then there was just a, an initial explosion. But then there was a series of smaller blasts that people said sounded like fireworks going off. And about 30 seconds later, there was a colossal explosion that sent a mushroom cloud into the air and a supersonic blast wave radiating through the city. If you remember when it happened, you probably don't because it seems like you don't know anything about this. No. But I remember the news reports there was videos of people like having weddings and all sorts. And it was just, it was insane. That it leveled terrifying. buildings near the port. It caused extensive damage over much, much of the rest of the capital. And uh, the hospitals were overwhelmed. It was mad. It was a huge catastrophe. And I don't know what the um, upshot of that was. The warehouses were storing ammonium nitrate. All right. But there was no alien. It just was, it it was, was just an environmental fuck up. Yeah. Oh, God. So there's an explosion. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, we could go on and on. I mean, the amount of environmental fuck ups that happen, it's, it's, and then cover ups. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to take responsibility for that shit. But I read just this week an article with an intriguing headline, which I didn't write down. But anyway, basically, it was Are we being watched by aliens? (gasps) Yeah. So. Look, basically, the gist of the article was researchers at Cornell University discovered that there are 29 potentially habitable exoplanets. Exo meaning outside of our solar system. Oh, my God, you're so clever. I didn't know that. I had to Google. Really? I was like, what the hell's an exoplanet? And it is. It's like not a solar system because they don't revolve around the sun. They revolve around a star. So there you go. Oh, I'm so impressed with you. I had no idea. Anyway, they reckon there are 29 of these potentially habitable exoplanets where extraterrestrials could have been observing us for more than 5,000 years, right? Could be, yeah. So, look, it's quite a detailed article. It goes on and on. And, you know, for me, I guess the interesting thing here is that, you know, we're always looking to see if there could be life outside our planet you know we're always looking for that but this study is kind of flipping it around to look at the possibility of could extraterrestrials be watching us and listening into our radio waves uh, because we are the aliens to them yeah yeah so luckily we're so dumb we can't manage to get much further out from the moon that's about as far as we can go i know but do we really need to go further do we no I don't believe we do. I mean, it is interesting to know that there, I mean, you can just as safely assume that there is life on other planets, whether it's life as we know it, it's very unlikely. It's going yeah. to be different. I think so too. And the fact that we are alone in this universe, unlikely. That's not true. No. 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 
No, no. But they talked a little bit um, in this article about red dwarfs. Oh, yeah. Which are, you know, little red, low temperature stars that glow brightly red. Mm -hmm. But I just kept thinking about the 80s TV show. It's cold outside. Fresh mango juice. That was the line. I remember. I don't remember anything about that series more than the theme song. What? No, because I always get it mixed up with um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, right. I, in my brain, they are interchangeable. But Oh, really? No. Yeah. Red Dwarf was massive here in the UK. My son was young when it was on and he absolutely adored it. So we watched every single episode. And Aww. they still come out. They're still doing them. I loved Rimmer. And Craig Charles is brilliant. The, which is the bald one, Lister? The, the baldy. bald one? The you mean the robot? Baldy robot. He's baldy. He's yeah. bald. Crichton. Crichton. Well, he, he's 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 a robot, so he's got like a geometrical shaped head. Oh, all yeah. right. Okay. Yes. Well, Red Dwarf. What a show. What I know. A it's show. amazing. I loved it. And Hitchhikers too with the Babel fish. Really? Oh yeah. Hitchhikers was fab too. I would I would love to have one of those. The fish you put in your ear, and then you yeah. can understand everybody. It would make such a difference. I wouldn't have to learn Swedish, which would help my life. I do love sci-fi. I love it. In fact, when I was in at Narrabunda College, I did a whole term on science fiction in my English literature. Did you? Of course. Yeah. I wonder if we should do one. We should get our friend and listener. Chris well, Campbell. Chris Campbell. Yes. <laughs> he was in that class with me. Oh, was he? Yeah. Of course oh, he fantastic. was. Yeah. yeah. He loves sci-fi. Yeah, so we should. So we should a lot of that. the lessons were just watching things like Metropo- Metropolis, Aliens, Classic. the second Alien film. Yep. Okay. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> and what else? Solent, Soylent Green. Now that's an interesting Soylent. film. Ooh, I think about that a lot because it's. I love the themes. It's like Black Mirror. There's always some really interesting themes going on in science fiction. Of you know, mm. the dystopia and what ifs. And Soylent Green is about a society where they don't eat food anymore. They have this little packaged, like little Soylent Green is their nutrients and they go go and buy it at the market. I think I've got this right because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But ultimately, and I think it's somebody like Kirk Douglas or who's the other one? Charlton Heston. I think it's Charlton Heston who's the lead actor in this. So it's quite old. And ultimately, and I think people go when you get to a certain age you go to this like factory kind of like you go to this um building and you walk in and you you tend not to come out but he discovered that's where people go to get they get killed and turned into soylent green so people (gasps) are eating each other oh my god spoiler (laughs) and i told that really badly because i don't really remember the film do you know what there is a there's there's this company that is producing meat from the cells of animals so they're basically growing meat in you know scientific conditions and they say that this will be the future and that you know probably in could be like as little as 10 years but I would say maybe not in our lifetime but that people will look back and say oh my god how did you ever kill an animal when you Mm. can just create exactly the same meat without a living animal you're just reproducing the cells to create a steak 
which you I've then I've got cook. a really horrible image in my head right now, Michelle. I'm imagining that they are growing cells and it's growing and growing and eventually it looks like something from The Fly. Do you remember um, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum? I've that never version. have seen it. I've never seen it. Again, spoiler, at one point he's practicing with the with his machi- time machine, which is yeah. like it moves you from one A to B. And at one point he puts a monkey in there, but unfortunately the monkey gets turned inside out. <laughs> so when he opens it the other side, it's like this throbbing. He's still alive. and it, So I'm oh just imagining it's something like that. God, no. But you know what, Jordy? It's happening. It's happening. And pretty soon you will be able to go to the supermarket and buy – synthetic meat which is basically mm. what it will be but it's more sustainable for the environment it doesn't sure require you know crops and food and water and soil yeah. it just requires lab conditions because the food industry when you think about it is probably the biggest most damaging thing that we have done to our planet yes along with cutting down trees to well that's part of it that is part of it. Though. But that's, that's for electricity. Industry. That is also for electricity. But you also clear the forests so that McDonald's can put all their cows out to pasture. Yeah. So that's happened. But I mean, they're doing that now with, you know, all the soy based products and, well, actually, yeah. not, it's mycoprotein, which is basically what. Um, that's the fungus. Yeah. It's all being grown in test tubes. We eat it, we don't think about it. It's just how it is. And it's I like think corn and things. Yes, corn is all grown in a test tube. It's all micro Do you know I avoid all that kind of stuff? I avoid corn and I avoid pro- anything that's too processed. And yeah, that too. includes tofu. Yeah, me too. I yeah. I barely eat tofu. It, it, I, I have, can't even remember the last time I bought any, any of that processed rubbish. Yeah. You know, I prefer just to eat vegetables speaking of which my garden is going wild oh good absolutely wild god i love it you know i never used to really enjoy it but now i love getting my hands in the soil it's amazing it's so good on fun you. to watch things grow i Connecting feel like i'm five years old but yes mark my words you meat eaters will be eating synthetic meat or not, or nothing at all, or just some veggies instead. If you decide to go vegetarian, when that's your only choice, or a bit of air, which is what I've been doing this week. I've been on a air? on a fast. Yeah, I, fa- oh. I was fasting this week. It was. Uh, I feel great for it. Good. I needed it this I week. Needed it. Yeah, yeah. I had. I just. I just went for forty hours uh, without food, which was nice. Actually, it was okay. not too long. Not yeah. too long. So it was perfect. Now I'm just on the on the tea. It's very good for your body. To fast. Yes, I agree. Yes. I like to do twelve eight. Actually, eat everything in eight eight hour windows, and then have. Do you stuff yourself? Do you stuff yourself when you do that? No, I don't. I start eating at about eleven twelve, mm-hmm. and I have what I call brunch, okay. and then I don't eat again. I get hungry about four, but then I try and make dinner early at about six, yeah. and yeah. that's why I drink so many of these coffees, these Ooh, London nootropic getting... coffees, because I have them with plant milk. And if okay. I get hungry, I'll either have a cup of tea, like a herbal tea or a an adaptogenic, an adaptogenic, I still can't say it, an adaptogenic. <laughs> oh, God. I can't. So adapt- you can't say it either. Adaptogenic. Adaptogenic. Yeah. There you go. It's called biohacking. That's what they call things like this, like the Oh, it's such the a trendy word. And I love it. Biohacking. I don't know more. Well, do you know what? Oh, what? Oh, I was just going to say, as we're talking about food, I found a little story it's basically called the Tic Tac UFO. 
Oh, go have on you then. heard about this one? No. Just, just thought about it because uh, Tic Tacs, not really food, but that's what they give you on uh, <laughs> on RuPaul's Drag Race for your light lunch. Yes, although they did have Jaffa's on the Down Under version. Yeah, they did. But basically, this uh, retired U.S. Navy lieutenant uh, woman, actually, she's been in the spotlight recently uh, because of all this UFO reports that have come out, which we're going to cover in a in a later episode of Eavesdropping. Yeah. But she was a former fire pilot, and she says, I'm not a UFO person, but she basically saw a UFO. Yeah. So she was flying uh, with another guy um, who also saw it. So there's two of them. This is not just mm-hmm. one person maybe having, oh, what did I see in the sky? She said they saw an unusual churning of the ocean surface before oh. what she and the other guy who was flying with her describe as a smooth white oblong object resembling a large Tic Tac breakfast mint. Flying that is called, what is that shape called? Lozenge. Cigar, maybe. No, it's lozenge. Lozenge shaped. Could be. And anyway, it was flying at high speed across the water. And the other dude um, re- like turned his jet to try and engage with this Tic Tac. And it responded in a way that they didn't recognize because it yeah. seemed to lack any visible flight control surfaces or any means of propulsion. So it was just like a flying tic tac, but huge. Basically, yes. And they, anyway, it's been it's been called the tic tac incident, and it's been declassified. And there is apparently a video. I haven't found this video, but I would love to oh. see it. And this woman, she's like, listen, I don't know what it was. It could have been human phenomena, but we didn't recognize it. And she says. She's a church-going lady and she said, I'm only speaking out about it because I don't want people to feel that if they see something weird, they can't talk about it. I'm trying to normalise the experience. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but yeah, all over the internet that basically UFO and that the military in the US yeah. won't say one way or another what They're it is. They're just keeping shtum. They the are thing. keeping shtum. So very interesting. When you say that they were de- uh, declassified, the the files or the the incident was declassified. Is that part of the huge amount of de- recently declassified UFO stories that you were telling me about recently? Yeah, and that Russell Brand has been talking about. Yeah, and that we are going to cover in a future episode. Absolutely. So don't tell the Tic Tac one again. No, we won't. But <laughs> I mean, you know, there there are hundreds of declassified I can't UFO wait incidents. To so look at those, Tic Tac's just one of them. But this is the one that's been doing the rounds in the newspaper recently. So oh. yeah, delicious. I'd love wow. to see a big Tic Tac. I love a Tic Tac. What? Just lick it all over? Do you know what? I love anything minty. I Do love. You? Yeah, I love after eights. I used to yeah, love. I like them. Yeah, God, I used to. Oh, I still love them. I bought. I bought a box recently. Um, Mint patty for yes. the Australian listeners. Yeah. Um, anything. Minties. I love a minty. Yuck. I don't like that. Oh, delish. Anyway. Which one's the one with the joke? Is, did, did the minty have a joke in it? There's like a wax paper tied at each end. Oh, Fantails. Fantails told you all about movie stars, didn't oh, they? Oh, that's And they right. were like a toffee. Maybe, maybe minties. I mean, look, it's been a long time since I've had a minty. So, yeah. And now we can all get some sleep. Clayton's moment. The drink you have when you're not having a drink. 
Good on you, Tomo. Well, Michelle, thanks for that. But I'm going to end on what I think could be could be fiction because I was walking past the newsstand the other day. This mm-hmm. is only on the 13th of June, so a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said well, let's do uh, headlines. What's news? News dropping. News dropping. That's what we were calling it. News dropping. <laughs> because I walked past, walking my dog, walked past the news agent, and I saw mm-hmm. all the papers set out and one headline caught my eye. And it turned out it was from the Sunday Sport, which is a very iffy publication. <laughs> and the headline was, I found Dead Hubby's lost Euro 96 final ticket in my rolls of flab. What? No. <gasps> yep. This is, the story goes, and I think it's just an excuse to have a full frontal nude picture of a naked woman who is so fat you can't see her fanny, but her fanny is out. Oh, God. Uh, in the paper. It's just God. despicable. But I had to read the story. I mean, we're not fat shaming here, but no. why did they need to put the picture in the paper? Why? I... And then come up with this crazy story. And if this is true, I, I, I'm sorry and I apologise now. But I feel like this story I'm about to tell you is a complete fabrication. I'll tell you it. And you can tell me what you think, Michelle. I will. So let's get into the meat of the story. 25 years ago, Stella Kirkland's husband, Phil... He's a footy-loving telephone engineer. He had a ticket to the Euro 96 semi-final between England and Germany. Now, this is very much a hot topic right now because England are about to play Germany in the Euros 2020, which is actually going on now in Wembley here in the UK on Wednesday. And that's the day that this comes out. So today, when you're listening to this eavesdropping episode, if you listen as it comes out, it'll be the Euro 2020 game between England and Germany. Now, that's always a big deal because I remember this. I went to the pub when this happened in 96. And of course, you've got all these signs everywhere and people going, two world wars, one world cup. You know, they really want to beat the Germans. But apparently Germans don't care about this so much. They're like, whatever, we play England. We play Spain last week. We're playing England now, whatever. Yeah, but also it's a bigger deal literally right now because I read in the paper this morning, Angela... Angela Merkel is yes. trying to ban all Brits from holidaying in Europe. It's basically a fuck you for oh. Brexit. Oh, oh yes. shit. Without massive 14-day quarantine. So there's some beef right now between oh, Britain and Germany. And this, okay. this is going to heat up. You wait and see with this football. Oh, no. Watch this space. Mm. So... You know, the England manager is a very uh, gorgeous looking. He wears nice three-piece suits. I think he's got a shacket this season. So <laughs> it's it's a guy called Gareth Southgate. Now, back in those days, in 96, he was a striker. And he was the guy, I remember, because I went to the pub with all my friends. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were male. I sat there, you know, sitting this out because I thought, well, at the end of this, we'll all go to the, to the pub and we'll have a great time. We'll have drinks and, yeah, we'll have a party. But by the end of it... Gareth Southgate missed a crucial, it was a penalty shootout. He missed a crucial goal. England lost to Germany. And I I saw grown men cry. Oh, shit. It was so bizarre. And that was the end of our night. Yep. But anyway, back to Phil, fun-loving, footy-loving Phil Kirkland, who was going, he got himself a ticket to the Euro 96 semi-final. And it was going to be the biggest game of his life. And he was one of the lucky few to get a seat. But the day before he set off from his home in Grimsby, disaster struck. The ticket was nowhere to be found. 
So Phil turned their house upside down trying to find this missing ticket, but to no avail. Instead, poor Phil was forced to watch the game, which England lost on penalties, as I just explained, (laughs) at home. And as time went on, he became increasingly convinced that had he made it to the game, he would have somehow influenced the result like a lucky mascot or something. Oh, God. He was obsessed by it. Yep. Stella tells the, the Sunday Sport... He got it into his head that he'd been at, if he'd been at Wembley, England, they would have somehow won the game. This delusion grew and grew until it was all he could think about. <sighs> he started feeling sorry for Gareth Southgate, but let's face it, who the fuck didn't feel sorry for Paul Southgate <laughs> after that episode? I mean, I felt really bad for that guy. Saying that if he'd been at the match, Southgate's penalty would have gone in. So he started sending presents to make up for it to Gareth Southgate. What? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it was a four pack of Kestrel. It's a high strength beer. Sometimes it was a packet of, of chicken cuppa soup. <laughs> nice. And once, <laughs> and once it was a lovely suit from John Lewis. So he's he's all over the shop with his gift giving. But Jesus Christ, I would love to yeah. receive random gifts, please. Oh, a um, cup of soup. Do you know what? I'll take anything. I'll take anything. <laughs> <laughs> Things came to a head when Phil was arrested at Southgate's house on Christmas Eve 2001. Uh This is years later. Uh That's like four or five years later. He was dressed as Santa and had a huge bag filled with presents. There was a box set of Only Fools and Horses, a boot scraper. (laughs) This is a great idea for Christmas giving, actually. Yeah, A bird table. How did he get that in his sack? Fuck. What's a bird table? A big table where your birds, your birds sit and feed or drink water out of it. Never heard of it. All right, bird table. Two defaced posters of the Germany player Stefan Kuntz. I think that's how you say that. I don't think so, but we, we don't need to say the other version. A bust of John Prescott. What? Who was John Prescott, the uh, northern, I think he was the minister at the time. And a Panini sticker album from Spain, 1982. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a great collection of gifts. When the police came, he was on the roof looking for a chimney. Gareth didn't have a chimney. He was sectioned and has spent the rest of his life since in and out of mental hospitals. So that's really sad. If this is true, I feel sorry for making fun. But, I mean, this was written in the Sunday Sport. Is this true? I don't know. It sounds like UFO 8. Can they write things? I don't know. Like that? Two years ago, he died in a tragic time travel shed accident. This is where I start to think. Okay, this sounds like bullshit. After watching the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, have you seen that? I've seen it. I've never even heard of it. Time Machine. Who's in it? Oh, it did have some named actors in it, but honestly, it was so super shit. They go on a ski holiday. They get into the hot tub and they go back to the 80s when they were all in their heyday and... Honestly, like, oh, I quite like the sound of that. The trailer looked fantastic, but actually, all the funniest lines were in the trailer. And when you watched the movie, it was Boom. a dud. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so after watching the movie Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> he decided to go back in time so he could get to the match. So he tried to turn the shed into a hot tub time machine. Oh. Hang on, I thought he was sectioned. In and out of hospitals. Oh, all right, all right. They can't keep you in there forever. Okay. He lined it with butyl and filled it up with water. Somehow. He sadly drowned in the process. I'm sorry, Tony. This does sound like... I don't think it's true. But if it is, like I said, apologies. Apologies. Yeah. I was devastated, but it was the kick I needed to prompt me into losing weight. And over the last 18 months, I've lost 32 stone. Stone? Stone. Stone. 32 stone? I'm seven. 
We don't need to tell everyone, Michelle. No, but I mean, that's Show like, off. what, 7, 14, 21, 28. I can't do maths. There's a lot of Michelles Five in Five me's, basically. At least, Five if not more. Me's. I know, I, it's an, a ridiculous amount of stones. But anyway, on Monday, I was able to shower myself for the first time in 37 years. <gasps> Morbidly obese. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It was a huge step for me, but it is now tinged with sadness because as I washed the folds of flab... I found Phil's Euro 96 ticket. <laughs> I don't know how it got there, but there it was. I felt so guilty. Oh, my God. This was the reason Phil had gone loopy and it was in my flab folds all along. Oh, my As if. God. As if. I don't reckon that's true, do you? I don't think it's true. Do you know what? I'm going to do some research. I am going to do some research. This sounds like bin it. Bullshit. bullshit. Calling bullshit on this story. I'm going to call bullshit on that too, but I just thought I needed to look into it. Oh, well, what a, what a hilarious story. Although, I know. if it's really... Well, is it hilarious true, or is it fucking really tragic? If it's true... Yeah, I know. It. God, I, I don't know how to feel about that story. No. That's oh, left me feeling confused as well. Yeah. Anyway, Michelle, you know what? I think we've we've kind of wrung, wrung out as much as we can from the headlines this week. Thank you for your amazing headlines. I'm Thanks. Very enjoyable. Pleasure. It was a pleasure to read the news. I often... Yeah. I'm often in a little bubble. I try not to read the news, especially when everything is like... It's all so bad, isn't it? It's all COVID, COVID. I'm so over yeah. it. It's so boring, but it's always nice to find... Things about That's UFOs, right. a tiddlywink stuck up your nose, yeah. and a missing football ticket. And we can start having more conversations with people. We're allowed to go out there. We're allowed to meet new people. The other day, I met a, a person at a friend's house. I met mm. a new guy, not a new guy, like just a man who was at the my friend's house when I turned up. A dude. Up. A dude was there, and I was introduced, and I said to him, "Look, I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to shake your hand, or is it elbows?" He said, "Well, I could, I could fist you." Oh, my God, I don't quite think he knew what he was saying. I looked at him and I said, "Um, you know, we've just met. Why don't we leave it a few weeks? (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassment all round, you know. Anyway, on that lovely note, Michelle, I'm going to have to say time to go and And we'll eavesdrop again another time. So, everybody, just keep Eavesdropping, 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 e